Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Okay, guys, I want to talk to you about TickPick. TickPick is a great way to get tickets to see the Colts or any other sports, music, or entertainment event of your choice. Not only will you save 10 to 15% off every ticket order, you can do it without any annoying fees at checkout. Think StubHub, but without the fees. Just head to TickPick.com, select your seats, and head to checkout. Get on your way to the next Colts game with TickPick. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, Another disappointing loss for the Indianapolis Colts today. Uh, Colts lose on the road to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 38-35. And there's just really no uh, easy way to say it that it's just nothing less than disappointing. Um, First of all, the Colts get 35 on the board and somehow lose this game. The Colts also win the turnover battle uh, quite a bit. I think they were plus three, right? Uh, So they had four takeaways, only had the one giveaway, and somehow the Indianapolis Colts managed to lose. Um, I mean, the Colts hold another team to, you know, uh, under 100 yards rushing. The Colts lose. Uh, the The big one here aside from his three interceptions was the four touchdowns and the 400 nearly 70 yards passing uh for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so this was you know kind of a a really struggle a big struggle game for in a lot of aspects uh you look at Jacoby Brissett's numbers and the kind of on the surface they look pretty decent 19 to 36 251 uh, uh, seven yard average, two touchdowns, no picks. Was only sacked one time. On the surface, like I said, they look good, but you got 105 receiving yards from Marcus Johnson and a touchdown uh, on three catches. You got uh, five catches out of Pascal, who had, in my opinion, a fantastic game. He got the other touchdown uh, for the Colts in the receiving game, but offensively, otherwise, you know, the Colts were held to under 70 yards rushing. They didn't really do a lot. And in fact, you know, Jacoby Brissett's first half, aside from the two big plays to Johnson, was garbage. Uh, I think he was, what, four of 16 or something like that in the first half. And only 28 yards, uh, 28 passing yards, was outside of those two catches by Johnson. I think a lot of people will say they're happy that that Jacoby's gone downfield more. But yeah, I, I agree with that too. Um, the problem is is that people are mistaking his aggression for 150 mile an hour passes thrown to guys 
10 yards away from him, you know, going into the end zone, sailing balls into the third row, you know, that's not aggression. That's just bad passing, you know. Uh, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to necessarily badmouth J- uh, uh, Jacoby throughout the game, but I guess I'm just trying to put a little more realistic tilt on what I think people saw. Uh, second half was good. Really nice turnaround, especially early in the third quarter. Uh, I think Jacoby, I tweeted out that he was uh, 6 of 8 for 87 yards and had uh, a touchdown in there. And that was a big turnaround considering what he had been doing uh, earlier in the game. So uh, that, that was nice to see that he was, you know, at least getting back on track uh, and that he was, you know, able to put something together. So looking at this game in, in, in holistic feature, you know, you have a 50-yard reception and a 46-yard reception for uh, Marcus Johnson. You have uh, a long of 37 to Pascal. That There was a really good, really amazing pass I thought that Jacoby threw was the touchdown to Pascal in the corner of the end zone. Fantastic. I don't think you could ask for a better throw than that. Uh, it was nice touch in the right spot, on target, you know, in, in in conjunction with the route. You know, it was a good good release time, all that good stuff. Um, but even on a couple of these plays, uh, especially on the first one to Johnson, he Jacoby, now I'll give him credit because he eluded uh, the, the pressure a little bit there, so it couldn't have been exactly on time. But still, he was late delivering the ball, and that was why he had – it was underthrown too. So – I'll attribute most of that to the pressure and not so much on his timing and something that we've critiqued him on throughout. But Jacoby, you know, just kind of, I don't know how to explain it other than he just, there's just no real threat with the Colts offense when you're playing a team that can put up that many points in such a short amount of time. I mean, they just come back and bing bang boom you know the Colts get two turnovers to start the game before you know it they're down 14 to 10 you know uh the Colts defense got four takeaways today but man this Colts defense is awful on third down in terms of giving the ball or in in terms of giving away big plays um I'm gonna check on this I'm gonna uh try to update you guys either through a post or something on the podcast here because I'm anxious to see between last week and this week especially what they've done on third down and how many yards they're giving up per third down play because it is disgusting. I mean, it, they're big plays. Um, you know, second and 20 and you're giving up, you know, 17 on a little short pass. There's just no closing ability uh, on, on some of this on some of these plays and it, it's just terrible. It's just leading the Colts down a bad road that they can, you know, not very easily return from. So, uh there's so many things you like about this that the Colts scored 35 points, you know, in a game. That's nice. That's great. Their their high of the season was 33, I believe, against uh, uh, against the Texans. But they give away another lead going into the fourth quarter. Not only that, but they get shut out in the fourth quarter. You know, they're up 35-28 going into the fourth. They lose 38-35. This is, you know. Uh, I mean, are we gonna are we gonna bag on Chase McLaughlin for the missed field goal? Okay, fair enough. I mean, but by God, we, we've been more than used to it, uh, you know, with Vinatieri. So I mean, it's whatever at this point. Uh, but you look at kind of the guys. You know, Chris Godwin was you know seven of nine on nine targets and ninety one yards. You just chewing up, 
chewing up. Look at they gave up so many chunk plays the Colts defense did today that it just seemed like they were never out of scoring position with the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks were always in a threat to score. And there were so many times where they just run down the field on this defense and there was nothing to do with it. Now, look, in terms of the rushing attack, the Colts held them to 2.7 yards a carry. But they had several carries where they were seven, eight, nine yards. They just only, I mean, they just didn't, they just didn't stop them. Uh, when you look at the, the, the only reason that the Bucks used the running game was to, you know, throw off a little bit of, you know, their a massive, you know, nearly 50 attempts uh, downfield. I mean, that's <laughs> insane. Out of their 77 plays, 49 of them were passes. So that's uh, that's quite a quite a difference there. And the Colts, you know, they throw 36 times, run 22, pretty balanced. That's, you know, whatever it is, that's about what the Colts have been doing. Uh, but they weren't having any, any luck, and they only averaged three yards a carry. Um, Mack wasn't great, 13 carries and 38 yards. Brissett was the only guy that carried the ball, really, of it with any other – uh, you know, with any gumption, I mean, four carries for 26 yards and it was all because he was escaping the pocket or had no choice. Um, so you look at that and you look at just the running backs, the Colts running backs themselves carried 18 times, uh, for 40 yards. That's just barely over two yards a carry. So the running game didn't work for the Colts today. Uh, the passing game, you know, looked pretty nice in general, but there was a lot of, you know, a lot of things that go along with that. And when you're giving up, you know, listen to this. This is their top plays. I don't know how many explosive plays that the Bucks had, but Godwin's long was a 28. O.J. Howard's was 33. Brashad Perriman, 31. Mike Evans, 61 and a touch. And then you've got two more with 17. And I guarantee you Godwin caught at least three balls worth 14, 15 yards. I mean, it, it just seemed like they were a big play, big play down the field already. So... Uh, there's a lot of things that you like with the Colts' defense in, in terms of them taking the ball away, in terms of them getting some pressure, uh, but they weren't able to bring you know Winston down very very often. It, it just felt like he was getting away from. They only had one sack, uh, but the Colts hit him six times today. So you know two of those were on the same play, and neither one of them brought him down, and he was still able to you know throw a uh, completion. And one of them. You know, he was hit a few different times as he was throwing. They were basically hits to the arm. The balls were still completed. And the Colts defense just basically had no answer uh, across the middle of the field today. Winston could just eat them up. Whereas the same place where he throws a bunch of his interceptions, that's a lot of a, the place where he throws a lot of his yardage too. And touchdowns. And we saw that today. Big voids in the Colts defense. Uh, some poor tackling at times. I don't think it was a massive issue a lot. But, you know, the Colts are, are not using uh, Malik Hooker out top as that single high safety very often at all, you know, and, and they could have really used that today. I think that the Colts really could have used a cover three look there, but even then, Godwin was getting behind the Colts' uh, linebackers. The linebackers weren't making uh, every play, you know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know, downsell the, the Colts' linebackers because you've got two interceptions from Darius Leonard, You've got a bunch of good plays, you know, in terms of creating pressure and some solid tackling from the other guys. But in coverage, uh, the, you know, they were able to kind of uh, just pass through the middle of the, the linebackers or get over the top of them because there just really wasn't that single guy 
uh, ready to make an impact hit, you know. And then we saw Kari Willis and Malik Hooker get confused on a couple different plays. It's not the first time that this has happened. We don't know what the issue is, but it's still there. Uh, we saw, you know, Wilson get beat on a, a man uh, throw uh, for a touchdown by Perriman uh, or reception by Perriman. We saw a bunch of things. I mean, th th these big plays have got to start getting squashed because right now the Colts are just giving them up left and right, and there's just no answer for them, it seems. So we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be back with a little more in-depth summary of the game here right after this. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, welcome back to the show, guys. Um, so let's let's kind of look at, at, at my notes through, through the game. It, it, this is just like, you know, the, the game against the Titans. And as soon as it started, I thought, man, this is so nice seeing them really start off hot defensively and, and doing some really good things. But then you just feel like, you know what? I mean, any team that has a offense that can put up points, the, the Colts are, you know, the Colts are vulnerable. And they've proved it again today. So uh, the Colts end up getting, uh, you know, some real good uh, look at the first, you know, the first, what, two or three possessions for them, especially uh, being able to uh, have Darius Leonard pick off the first pass from Jameis Winston today. It was really nice uh, to see that good, big, you know, quick start. Colts got the ball at the 50. Uh, the Colts were got into a, a third and six, and Hines uh, stopped for no gain off the left end uh, because of uh, two runs. The first run was Mack, and then Hines gets stopped on the left. And there's a lot of left uh, end runs here that I'm just – I'm not sure. One of the things that kind of drives us nuts – if you look at how successful the Colts have been running inside, they, they tend to really get away from the interior running uh, pretty quickly. If, if a team stops them two or three in a row, they're going to go outside, and they just don't have much luck with that. 
Uh, then you get the 46-yard touchdown pass to Johnson in the end zone. Big play. Uh, like I said, it was kind of a lucky throw. The guy didn't make it at the 50-50 ball. Johnson came down with it. Brissett did climb the pocket to escape the rush. Uh, but the pass, like I said, the pass was late and it was underthrown, so it was kind of lucky. But you know what, the Colts got seven points out of it, so you take it. And that happens sometimes, even with guys who are always on time with their friends. So, like I said, I'm not going to try to badmouth Brissett on that. It is what it is, and the Colts got seven points out of it. Uh, uh, the Bucks converted uh, third and two to Cameron Brait uh, with excellent coverage by Willis. By the way, Grover Stewart got a tackle for loss on the following possession. Leonard sniffed out, sniffed out another lateral screen pass uh, that made it third and 11. Uh, Ogunbowale, or whatever this guy's name was, uh, caught a pass. George Odom forced a fumble. Yusin recovered it. It was an excellent all-around defensive effort by the Colts on that drive. The Colts really put it down, and it, you got to see exactly what, what the Colts really are all about on that defensive thing. That's what you want every time. You know, Good coverage. If they make a catch, so be it. Get somebody in the backfield to stop the running game, and then have your 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 linebackers do what they do and sniff out you know these screen passes. and the And the Colts linebackers did a really good job of everything, keeping uh, or in terms of playing with everything that was in front of them, doing screen passes against the run, um, good tackling by and large. So I mean, it, I thought the aside from the fact that they're just kind of a a bit of a, you know, of an, I don't want to say a disappointment in zone coverage, but they just weren't getting deep enough and they weren't as aware as you would like them to be because guys were, you know, basically catching balls right between the two of them occasionally. Um, Colts took the ball on the Tampa Bay 48 on the next one, on the on their next possession, excuse me. Brissett took a shot on first down towards Campbell uh, with three defenders around him. That ball could have been picked. It was a good throw, though, by Brissett because he put it deep enough to where if Campbell couldn't catch it, nobody could. Um, Brissett then badly overthrew Doyle, who was wide open. They end up converting on third and five to Doyle. Uh, a couple runs by Mack and uh, an overthrow to Pascal along the sideline. And then McLaughlin kicks the uh, the 50-yard field goal. The Colts at this point had 10 points off of turnovers. 6.53 to go in the first quarter. The Colts are up 10-0. Big, big, quick start. Uh, the Colts' pressure on the following defensive drive kind of worked against them, though. Uh, the, the Colts were creating pressure. They weren't getting home on it. And what it was doing is making it easy for uh the the for Winston to kind of escape the pocket and make something happen afterwards uh the Bucks converted on a short run from Barber the Colts like I said got some interior pressure on first down uh created an incomplete pass to Godwin Godwin got a 15 yard uh catch and run after that more pressure Winston escaped got a short run then Winston hit Perriman for 31 yards he left the the pocket and Perriman was left completely uncovered on that um, and then a tip pass at the line of scrimmage was still caught by Brait, and Brait got uh, to the one-yard line after that. Winston snuck it in for a touchdown. The Colts were up 10-7 with just under two minutes to go in the first. Uh, the Colts had to punt on their next possession, which sucked because this is kind of the thing. The Colts get, you know, not really in an offensive groove. They didn't have a whole lot of yardage. They didn't have a whole lot of receptions, you know, no good, real good solid runs uh, for that matter. And then, you know, the Colts have to punt, and you give an explosive offense uh, just ready, you know, to, to, to put some more points on the board. And that's exactly what happened. The Bucks' explosive offense killed the defense, and the Colts' offense can't match that. 
plain and simple. Mike Evans hit that 61-yard bomb from uh, from Winston, and you know Desir got beat bad. Um, and even with Evans leaving with a hamstring injury, the Colts still won this game. That's one of the things that's just kind of you know like uh, just disappointing, I guess, uh, more than anything. Uh, the Bucks were up uh, 14 to 10, and it only took them less than a minute to do that. And that, and not only that, that includes the Colts' next last possession. Isn't that weird? 40, let's see, less than 35 seconds for the Colts' possession and the touchdown from uh, Winston to Evans. Uh, the Colts punt on their following possession. The Bucks also were forced to punt. The Colts held uh, uh, the, good, the run down a little bit. They got some more pressure, forced an incomplete pass. They got to third and 13. Uh, there was a weird little like like a bullet screen pass to uh to godwin they only got three colts had to punt out of it naheem hines had a nice 20 yard punt return following that put the colts in really good situation put them in bucks territory mac got kind of the first big run of the day on this next drive nine yards uh they ended up getting through and you know the, the colts started kind of moving the ball down the field you know they were actually moving it a little bit Brissett escaped the pocket had a ton of time to throw end up putting uh or targeting Pascal in the end zone but it was knocked away Brissett ran uh for nine on third and ten put the Colts at the at the 11 yard line uh Brissett on fourth down ran for another nine yards uh off the play action fake then Mack ran through the Bucks uh defensive line for a two-yard touchdown run uh, the Colts are up 17-14 with under eight to go in the in the first half. The following possession for the Bucks: Darius Leonard hit his second interception of the game, uh, an 80-yard return on pick six, and this was a big one because Winston and the Bucks were moving down the field. I mean, Houston finally got a sack on Winston, the only one of the day uh, in this possession, and you know the the Bucks just kept converting third down. The Colts were up 24-14 with two and a half minutes to go in the second. Uh, they say that that was the first pick six since October of 2017. So that's kind of a monumental play over the last couple of years. Kind of surprising too, is, as well as the Colts defense played last year. Uh, the Colts gave up a ton of yardage on the very next drive defensively, 11 play touchdown drive. And the Colts secondary, you know, just wasn't covering very well. Winston was finding anyone with time to throw and you know it was Godwin mostly. You see, you know, a nine-yard convert, uh, nine-yard pass to him, a conversion to O.J. Howard, uh, Agun Bawali uh, for 17 yards, another 11-yarder pass to Brait. Uh, then the Colts. I mean, the, the, the Watson's right back down into the Colts' red zone. You know, uh, Yasin had a really nice pass breakup on this drive in the end zone, um, and then Winston ended up uh, hitting. Break on a four-yard touchdown pass. Uh, Colts were up 24-21, 38 to go in the second. And then you see, you know, the the next big play from the Colts. And it was a big chunk pass to Johnson. Uh, also, a, a roughing the passer call. It was a 50-yard pass. That put the Colts in really good in good shape. Um, McLaughlin hit another field goal. And it was 27-21 at halftime. Uh, in uh, the first half, Colts were three of eight on third, and the Bucks were six of nine on third down. So, uh, not good. And we keep talking about, uh, you know, or we don't keep talking about it, but you know, Frank Reich was always talking about this, you know, double dip and getting the last possession of the first half, get the first possession of the second half. You know, and the Colts did put some points on the board before halftime, but they continue to come out just 
awful. They've got three scores in the first five minutes of the third quarter all year. Two of touchdowns, one field goal. Colts punt on their first possession on this one, too. It just keeps piling up. They're, the Colts are terrible on their first possession of the second half. Um, I'm not saying that the 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 you know the physiology or whatever you want to call it uh, or the psychology behind the thought process of getting the last possession of the first half, the first of the second, but it's just the Colts aren't doing anything with it, and that's a, a big issue. You know, I think uh, especially the Colts are already up 27, you know, or 27-21 at halftime. The Colts haven't scored 27 points in very many games this year at all. Think about it that way. So, I mean, you want to take advantage of that and put some more points up. And the Colts just couldn't do it. Uh, Griffin ended up coming in for uh, Winston at uh, at quarterback in the first possession. Didn't do much with the ball. Had a couple throws that got the Colts, or I'm sorry, the Bucks down to the 43 yard line. Uh, the Bucks ended up having to punt on this one. And then Brissett put everything together. And uh, I would say for one of his very best drives in a long time on the next possession. <clears throat> Uh, return, real nice return from Hines again. The Colts ended up starting uh, at the 24. You get a 13-yard run from Mack for, on first down. Uh, late hit, put more yardage on it. The Bucks, or the ball was at the Bucks 48. They ended up taking a loss, and then you get one of those passes from Brissett that is almost like the OS passes from Luck of back in the day. You know, there's just going to be a, a bullet that gets thrown to somebody from five, six, seven yards away that they can't possibly catch. And that was one of them to Johnson on this drive. Otherwise, really good possession for Brissett. So uh, had a big catch and run for 37 yards from Pascal on a third and 12. Uh, the Colts ended up getting a hold on them, but Mack you know, got a few on first and 20. Brissett avoided a sack on the next play, threw to Johnson while he was wrapped up, got another nine yards. And then Brissett hits Pascal in the back corner of the end zone. Colts completed the two-point conversion. Colts are up 35-21 with just under six minutes to go in the third. So the Colts didn't score for a quarter and six minutes, uh, 21 minutes of game clock. That's, that's hard. 14 points. Colts are up here. Uh, then you get the bounce back, obviously, from you know the Bucks. We talked about this, guys. They are a super explosive team. It was it worried me that if the Colts got down, that they would just get run out of the building. Well, the Colts were up in a, the majority of this game, and it never felt safe, even with a fourteen point uh, lead, because the defense just was giving up chunk plays. On, it seemed like on every play after the Colts would score. Uh, the Colts defense let the Bucks throw all over them on the next drive, and it was only a five-play, 75-yard drive and got a touchdown out of it. Winston hit Jones for nine, hit Howard for 33, got a nice run from Jones on this one, and the Bucks were inside the Colts' 30-yard line before he even could blink. Uh, Winston hit Godwin for another first down, then uh, Winston hit Watson, who had a really big game for a touchdown. This was the safeties were struggling at this point. You know, they were, they were getting split by tight ends uh, up the seam. They were struggling to, you know, con communicate back and forth to be able to help each out each other out on on their coverage and uh, the Colts were up 35-28 with uh 3:18 in the third to go. The Colts ended up having to punt from inside their own 35, went three and out. Uh, it, there was just some bad play calling on on that, and it just, well, I won't say bad play calling. I just say ineffective play calling. We'll put it that way. Um, and then the the Colts on the following drive did the same thing. There were several drives here in a row where the Colts just kept giving up more points. Uh, so the Colts end up giving 
uh, up more plays, but we're fortunate enough to fi- uh, force a field goal on on the next one. The this drive coincided with the end of the third quarter. Um, on third and six, Winston connected with Watson again, hitting for a conversion. Sheard missed a tackle for loss, and Barber Barber earned three yards out of it. It was a six yard difference from the time from where Sheard hit him or tried to tackle him and where Barber actually ended up. Winston hit Watson for another first down, then hit Howard for a deep ball, 27 yards. Winston overshot Perriman into the end zone, threw another incompletion uh, to Watson later and put it at third down. The Colts, you know, ended up having to kick a field goal. I'm sorry, the Bucks ended up having to kick a field goal. It was 35-31 early in the fourth quarter, 13 minutes to go. Uh, Hines ended up fumbling on the Colts' next possession, so that just really kind of, you know, you can't afford mistakes on that one. And in spite of all the mistakes that the Bucks made, they just kept coming back and throwing big play after big play, four touchdown throws, uh, you know, from Winston. So uh, they ended up uh, fumbling. Uh, Hines did fumbled on a five-yard gain on a screen pass. The Bucks recovered it. Uh, I did like – I will say that I liked that Hines made the tackle afterwards, uh, probably about 15 yards away. You know, the guy ran backwards and was running laterally across the field. Hines got up immediately, went over and made the tackle. I love that. I honestly just did. Uh, the Colts picked off Winston again, hooker on a tip ball at the catch point. Lewis got pressure and tipped the ball as the as Winston let go of it. Um, that was at 944 in the fourth. So Colts get another opportunity here to do something with it. And they just, you know, Colts at, uh, started at the Bucks twenty-five. Mac got a lot was uh, hit for a tackle for loss of five yards outside run. That was where it was. That just seems like they just get very few positive yardage out of those plays. Uh, Brissett threw an incomplete to a wide open Johnson. Uh, it was a drop, but it wasn't on you know Winst or I'm sorry on Brissett. It led to third and fifteen. Then Campbell gets a yard on this stupid screen play. Uh, that I just absolutely hated. I hated it. I hated it. The Colts have an opportunity after forcing another interception. The Colts should have been right here in cutthroat style. I mean, cutthroat play calling. And it's third and 15, and they refuse to go downfield. Yes, screen passes help sometimes, but you're third and 15, not third and 30. Do you know what I'm saying? Third and 20, third and 25, those are screen pass options. You just you don't want to throw a, a big mistake deep in that territory but you're at third and 15 you've got plays for that that don't involve screen passes and I absolutely hated that call from Frank Reich and I, it just to me it just meant uh that the Colts were trying not to lose and, and I hate I hate that mentality and we don't see it very often from Reich this year has been kind of different in that category though however as opposed to last year uh he only got a yard McLaughlin missed a field goal you know, this is setting up for field goals again, and you just don't – I don't care who it is anymore. I don't ever want to see the Colts playing offense or setting up their offense to kick a field goal. I just don't. I mean, unless you're down to under a minute to go in the game, you know, or something like that, and you're and the Colts are trying to do something to run the clock down and, and get some extra gimme points, and, and that's just not what the case was here. They, It just was bad. It just was bad. Bad play calling all the way through the possession – an outside run that the Colts aren't good at. You know, Johnson did drop the pass, Campbell, and then the screen pass to Campbell. It was three bad either executed plays or badly called plays, and I think there was a mixture of the two in there. That was uh, with just over eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I think that's, like I said, that's the that's the where you get the cutthroat style going. 
but the Colts defensively allowed more huge plays with wide open voids in the secondary, and Winston took advantage of them and ended up taking the lead in the game. He uh, right off the jump hit Perriman for a 27 yarder. Uh, back-to-back run, runs by Jones, got a first down. Autry did step up in this and get a tackle for loss. And then Winston hit Jones for nine yards. Uh, Rocky Sin went down on this play, holding his arm. And then on third and one, the Colts stood up. They're running back in the backfield, but the Bucks went forward on fourth and one, and they were successful. Winston converted on a short pass to the running back. Uh, the ball was inside the 12-yard line at this point. Winston hit Perriman on the touchdown that beat Wilson. The Colts are, or, I'm sorry, the Bucks are up now, 38-35 with 3:51 in the fourth. Um, and then the Colts screwed up another drive that they couldn't afford to do. Brissett hit Mo Ali Cox for eight. It was an excellent catch on the next. It was a terrible throw by Brissett. It was should have been a back shoulder, and he threw it towards the middle of the field uh, along the sideline. And Pascal snatched it right out of the air. It was really a nice catch from him. Threw incomplete to Johnson. Uh, Brissett was hit as he threw, though, so, you know, not trying to blame him for that. Uh, Brissett picked up eight on second and ten to uh, on a throw to Hines. It was third and two, and the th- Colts go incomplete to Doyle. Uh, threw ball, the ball was thrown behind him. Fourth and two, the Colts go on, and the ball is tipped at the line of scrimmage. Turnover on downs, and basically, you know, the, the Colts were, you know, they gave up a first down run to Barber with a minute 26 to go, and the game was over. So the, 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 the large issue with today, the loss, was a ton of big plays. Um, maybe not mixing coverages up quite enough. I'm not going to – I mean, you, there were so many people talking about firing Matt Aberflus. And let me tell you, you I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a, uh, a big issue with his play calling, personally. Um, yes, I think he could have mixed it up a little bit. The Colts didn't blitz nearly as much in the second half, uh, as they did in the first half because they felt like they were getting caught on the blitzes. You know, they were getting caught leaving wide open guys and they were at at points. Um, I mean, God, Winston threw for almost 500 yards. So, I mean, but it wasn't, there wasn't any change, you know, the Colts needed to, to continue to get some pressure on him and they did with their front four, but it just never, uh, came to uh, fruition in terms of getting the sacks that they should have from it. So uh, I, I thought, in general, the Colts' uh, secondary was just, you know, kind of beat up uh, at this. You know, you're without Rocky Sin uh, at some point in here. When, or, uh, Wilson gets picked on, has a th- touchdown thrown against him. I just feel bad for the dude because every time he comes in, he gets targeted, and he, and he doesn't often win. I can't remember that we've seen uh, Wilson come away with a big play, you know, uh, this year, even when he has been active so just a is heartbreaking loss almost today because you just see you know you're looking at the bottom of the screen you see that the Texans are just getting abused by the Broncos and a rookie quarterback and you're thinking god man the Colts have so have had so many opportunities this year to really you know even with close games to really put themselves above and beyond the rest of the teams I mean they've pl- they've beaten the Texans and they've played them close you know, right now the Titans are resurgent. I mean, they just smoked the Raiders 42-21. The Jags got smoked, but that doesn't really matter. Nobody cares about that. You know, I mean, we're talking about the Colts and the people that are or the teams that are playing above them. And right now, Ryan Tannehill has that Titans squad on fire. We could see the Titans in, in as the representative for the AFC South in the playoffs. 
the the Texans and Titans, I believe, play two out of the last three weeks twice. And if the Titans keep playing the way they have been, and I mean, the God, the Texans are, are are almost like the Colts in some aspects and being completely uh, unreliable in terms of what they're going to bring each week. I mean, they beat the the freaking Patriots last week, and then they just get turned out by the, the by the Broncos. So I mean, right now. I think what is it the the Titans are five and one in their last six. The Colts are one and five in their last six, uh, and it just seems like the the two consistencies there are the Colts not winning and the Titans winning. So I I, I think that I think that the Colts at this point at six and seven are uh, pretty much done because I think you you have a much better chance of the Texans or Titans representing the AFC South. And, and at this point with the Steelers winning today, uh, I don't think that the Colts have a shot at the wild card, obviously. And even if they win all three of their last games, that puts them at nine and seven at best. I just don't think that that's reality for this team. I just don't, I don't know if they'll win another game this year, even though they showed some, you know, some signs of some, uh, some solid offense today, but it was really just big plays and turnovers putting giving short fields to the Colts. I mean, they ended up scoring 17 of their points off of turnovers. And none of them were, you know, uh, long fields. So, I mean, this is just, like I said, this is the heartbreaking part because here we are talking about it and it's just killing us to talk about how bad that the Colts' uh, season has kind of turned out. Lots of injuries, lots of issues. Uh, I still think you put Hilton on IR at this point because, like I said, I just don't think that the Colts have a shot at the at the AFC title or or wild card wild card berth. Unfortunately, uh, you know th- this is just where the Colts are at right now, and there's not much uh, that uh, any of us can do about it. Obviously, that's for sure. There's just you know we're getting spotty play calling. It feels like at times, you know, we're getting terrible execution at times. Uh, too many big plays. You know, um, you know, there's just. When, when the defense does good, the offense doesn't do anything. And then when the defense doesn't do good, the offense still isn't doing anything. You know, this offense is a real issue right now. Um, 150 rushing yards for the Colts is just not a guaranteed win, whereas it should be because you then would presume you have a competent enough passer to put another 200 yards, 250 yards through the air. And they don't. Uh, you know, Brissett's just not that guy. So, um, you know, he proved today that he can throw the ball deep. We all knew that he had an arm, but, uh, you know, I, I'll be interested to see if he continues that uh, mentality. I like, I like more aggress- aggression, but like I said, don't confuse aggression with hard passes because he threw the ball a couple times uh, a good 100 mile an hour and, you know, none of them were on target. So that, that, that's just, I mean, they were almost throwaways because they weren't even close. Uh, a lot of them. So, you know, move on. And the Colts move on to the Saints uh, for Monday Night Football uh, in Week 15. Then the Colts will host the Panthers and then travel to the Jaguars to end their season. So, yes, the Colts could win all three of these games because they seem to play better against better teams in terms of, you know, their chances against the Saints. I don't see it happening. Uh, Again, the Saints are too high-powered for the Colts to match. And, uh, you know, the Panthers and Jaguars obviously present possibilities for wins, but if that's the case, and even if you have a loss at the Saints, two more wins is eight and eight. And, you know, that is definition of mediocre, and that's what the Colts are right now. They're mediocre, uh, a mediocre football team. 
And, uh, you know, I, uh, obviously I think the future is so bright for this team. And, and I think that you, I, I love Frank Reich. I love Chris Ballard. So, um, but this year has been not what we expected. I don't think out of them and leadership of this team, just in general, I think that there's been, you know, we, we kind of came into this year saying, man, there's never been a time where we've questioned Chris Ballard. You know, he's told us how it is, blah, blah, blah. But we're hearing a lot of coach speak out of Frank Reich. We're not seeing the guys who don't deserve to play, not playing, um, you know, just stuff like that. I mean, in a nutshell, and I'm not picking out specifics here. I mean, Tyquan Lewis didn't really do much today. He did create a pressure, pressure on a couple different snaps, but he hasn't done a lot. Uh, obviously, Quincy Wilson's not going to be, you know, a mainstay with this team. Uh, the Colts desperately missed Kenny Moore, I think. They also desperately missed T.Y. Hilton. So those are some big factors for sure. Uh, but the Colts miss a running game right now, and, and just a competent one, where they can average four and a half to five yards per carry, but that's just not the way it happens uh, for them this year. You know, the, Marlon Mack, I was looking at some stats on him earlier, and Marlon Mack is averaging 2.96 yards per carry. Uh, where is this? I think this is in the um, uh, fourth quarter. Okay, so in the fourth quarter, Max averaging less than three yards per carry, but he has an insane amount of attempts in the fourth quarter too, 53, which is kind of about fifth or sixth in the league right now. And there isn't a single one that have that many carries that have less yardage per uh, attempt. Frank Gore is the only other one that is in the twos. And... You know, it's just, it's too bad. Marlon Mack has one touchdown in the fourth quarter and a lot of first downs, but those first downs are on short yardage. There's just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just weird the way that this year is playing out in terms of their uh, choice of plays. Uh, their success on the running game is purely based on volume. It's not based on ef efficiency. You know, the Colts aren't a uh, good running team per play. Put it, putting it that way. They just aren't. Um, but they just keep running, and it's basically if you get three and a half yards every every time, you can run all four downs, and you're going to get a first down. That's just the way it goes. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. We, we've got a lot to talk about as the year uh, kind of wraps up here. But uh, for tonight, that's all we're going to do. Colts, uh, Colts lose week 14, 38-35 on the road in Tampa. And uh, the Colts are now six and seven with uh, with three games to play, and uh, unfortunately, with them looking like they're out of the playoff picture, this is going to bring a, a lot of talk about the draft. Our, I've already started to kind of watch some of the quarterbacks. That's kind of what I'm focusing on this year because I really want to see if there's somebody worth taking in the first round for the Colts at that spot. Uh, what the Colts could do, you know, talking about draft picks this year in the first three rounds is going to be a really hot topic because the Colts uh, do have a little bit of uh, draft capital that they can throw around. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the Colts do in free agency. And this is so far into the future, but it's just one of those things where you think the Colts are close. I mean, the Colts are close to really being a really, really good team. I think they're really close to being a dominant defense. Uh, and I think they're really close to being a dominant offense, but the QB is the biggest question right now, in my opinion. And uh, that's a that's a hard one to have. You don't want that to be the question when you're talking about your offense being an elite offense. And that's just not possible right now under uh, Jacoby Brissett, it doesn't look like. So 
Um, not trying to crack on him too much, but just you know, just the saying the the bulk of the last four or five games that uh, he's played, you know, have not been impressive. So uh, got some good stuff, some big plays today. Um, you know, he really, if you look at it outside of the, you know, the three catches from uh, from Johnson, he had under 150 yards passing, and that was uh, you know outside of you know that was uh, 16 catches. You know, if you if you count it that way, so kind of something to think about, but. Uh, for right now, guys, we're out of here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you get to Stampede Blue and give us a rating and review. Uh, we'll continue to pump these babies out and uh, talk a little bit more in the in the coming days. So thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts Cast. Stampede Blue.